Well, good afternoon and welcome to our home. I'm so glad that you have joined us on this Friday evening. We have been looking back over this week and we've been reflecting about family and friends and what it means to be connected to our friends during this pandemic, this coronavirus outbreak. Well, Sister Amy and I want to introduce you to two friends of ours, Tony and Gina Suarez. If you've never met them, let me introduce you. Tony Suarez is the Executive Vice President of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. It's the largest national uh, Christian Hispanic organization in America. He does a tremendous job in that role, and he also serves on the Faith Advisory Board for the White House, where he operates as a liaison between the President and between national Christian leaders. In addition to that, he's on TBN on a regular basis where he hosts the television program Faith Alive. But most of all, they are great friends of ours. We're so thankful for Tony and Gina. And I know that you'll be blessed by what they have to share with you and also by the anointed singing of Sister Gina Suarez. So just gather the family around and let's have a great time as we reflect and think about the great God that we serve and the great friends that God has given each of us. Hey, God bless you, everyone. This is Tony and Gina Suarez, and we're so glad to be with you today. Excited to be a part of Eastwind Pentecostal Church's, um, I hate to call it the quarantine revival, but the middle of this springtime Passover leading up to Pentecost revival. And we're so thankful for our friends, Pastors David and Amy Myers. They've been great friends. We love going to dinner with them and laughing with them. And we're thankful for the work of God that they're doing in Florida and for each and every single one of you. I talked Gina into coming onto the video and singing today, which that's a revival in itself. That's a revival in itself. She's even going to let me play the piano, so I'm looking forward to that today. But I want to answer, or at least attempt to answer, a very important question that I think every believer has asked themselves at least once in the last seven days. And probably, and, and if you say, well, not, not in the last seven days, preacher, at least one time in your life you've asked yourself the question. It's a simple question. I mean, we all have an answer to it, but it's this this question. Where is God? When trouble comes and storms come and trials come and sickness and infirmity, we all have asked ourselves the question, maybe not publicly, but at least privately in our hearts, we've asked ourselves one time or another, where is God? And I want to try to answer that question today. Uh, I was born and raised in church. My parents are pastors. This is all I've ever known. When I was a young child and other kids were playing home or house, not home, they were playing house, I was playing church in the basement of uh, our home in Chicago. And in that basement, I'd have us some good Holy Ghost revival. I'd baptize all of my toys. If you'd have known me then, you wouldn't have married me now. Come on, somebody. I was baptizing G.I. Joes. I baptized Snooper, Snooper, not Snooper. Superman, but Superman. I baptized him in the name of Jesus. He had had a bout with kryptonite, and I prayed the prayer of faith, and he fell out on our basement floor, and when he came back up, God had healed him. I took him to the bathtub and baptized him for the remission of his sins. I baptized Wonder Woman. I baptized, I'd line up all my G.I. Joes, and I'd, I'd line them up, and I'd just do like a voice of healing, camp meeting revival. I'd say, fire, 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 fire. And not, I didn't want him to fire the guns, but kind of like Benny Hinstop, just fire in your life. They all be falling out in the presence of God and I had great revivals 
in my in my basement. And my problem is that I grew up in church and I knew the customs of the church, the culture of the church. I knew what to say and when to say it. But God, or at least my parents' God, hadn't become my God. And so I went through this time of technical difficulties where I wasn't always living right. And I, w- I wasn't always doing things right. And I, I was, I, my God, I, I, was, I was a little bit of an issue when I was a teenager. In fact, the Lord has a way of giving us payback. I don't want to get into that right now. But anyhow, I was a teenager and, it, you know, early 90s, I'm struggling in my walk with God. And I remember always hearing about the rapture, hearing about the second coming of the Lord. My dad was worried that I was going to lose out on my salvation if, if I was ever alone and away from them. So he took me everywhere with him. And one particular day, he took me to the bank. He had a deposit he had to make and he took me with him and I walked to the bank with him. And he left me waiting in the lobby. And while I was in the lobby, he went on to do whatever business he had to be done, that had to be done at the bank. And I got distracted. And when I looked up, I couldn't find my dad. It sounds like a Dr. Seuss book because I looked here and there and I looked everywhere and I could not find my dad. So I thought maybe he had left the teller window to go to a personal banker. And so I looked over there. He wasn't there. This is back when banks had uh, travel companies or uh, travel agencies within the bank. So I went to look there. thought maybe he's getting us a vacation and he's not over there either. I looked everywhere and I couldn't find my dad. I went out to the parking lot. He wasn't there. And so now again, early 90s, think of the context of the kind of church we were having back then, the teachings we had had on the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back then, ladies and gentlemen, there is no hope. Nobody has written the Left Behind series yet. I mean, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, they haven't given us an out. Okay, It's the trumpet sounds and if you don't make it, you're gone. If you can't keep up with the footmen, how are you going run with the horsemen. And so I called the church and no one answered. I called my mother and no one answered. I called someone else that I know lives for God. They didn't answer. And then I called a friend of mine who knew I knew was as messed up as I was. And he answered. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, I have missed the rapture. I'm convinced that I have missed out on the rapture. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I start bawling in the lobby of the bank. I think I have missed out. I I got my hand. Oh, God, please take me. Even if it's just half of me. I think I kind of jumped. I don't want to jump here because I don't want to embarrass myself. But I'm like, God, please save me. And then out in the distance, I saw my dad. I saw him on the other side of the bank. Now, my dad is a Colombian man. He's, you know, full of Latin pride, not in a bad way, but he's got, you know, it's got that little Ricky Ricardo thing going for him. And so he's looking at me from the other side of the bank, like, what the heck are you doing over there? And so I know you're not supposed to say that word, but we're in quarantine. So I already went ahead and said it. Let there be grace in the house of God. And so I went, I did what any rational person would do. I went running across the bank. I got to my dad. I hugged my dad. I said, dad, I found you. And he's, you know, he starts yelling at me in Spanish. Que le pasa? Just sound like a full-blown Ricky Ricardo rage fest on me right there. And he's letting, he's like, what are you doing? People are watching. And I said, where were you? And he said, the question isn't where was I? I was where I was supposed to be. Where were you? He said, I'm doing the business I came to the bank to do. Now, as embarrassing of a story as that is for me to tell, that story has repl- 
played itself thousands of times in my life, except it wasn't with my earthly father, it was with my heavenly father. Because life happens, and things happen, and it distracts you, and you lose sight of God, you lose sight of His presence, and so you'll find yourself in a storm asking, where is God? Where is God when I need Him? Where's God in the sickness? Where's God in coronavirus? Where's God when when my economy isn't as stable as it used to be? Where is God when there's problems in our marriage or problem not in our marriage? I want to clarify that. But where's where's God when there is okay in our marriage? Where's God when there's problem with our children or or I just don't understand what's going on in the politics of the nation or the nations of the world? We've all asked ourselves that question. Where is God? Gene and I had to ask ourselves that question in a very personal way before we ever knew each other. Ten and a half years ago, Gina lived through the tragedy of her life, the trial of her life. She was married to a wonderful man named Corey McCool, and he was diagnosed with colon cancer. And after his diagnosis, he passed away six months later, leaving Gina a single mother of a five-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. And I promise you, Gina asked herself the question, where is God? Four years ago, I was married to a lady named Jessica. I had three children, and she was diagnosed with leukemia and passed away six months later. I asked myself that question, where is God? Because that wasn't in Gina's 10-year plan. That wasn't that when you, when, when you all got married um, out of Bible college, you didn't see yourself going through cancer and becoming a single mother. I didn't see myself moving to Virginia, uprooting my life out of Chicago, moving to the East Coast, and, and, and planting a ministry there than to see myself uprooted all over again and become a single dad. We asked ourselves the question, where is God? In fact, I asked that question in the hospital after the diagnosis came. I said, God, where are you? I don't see you in this hospital room. And a mentor of mine, a man that I'm very close to, called me and he said, be careful what comes out of your mouth. For you have inquired of the Lord and you have asked, where is God? But I would remind you, Tony, where was God when the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace? And he said, open your Bible, look for the story. He took me to the book of Daniel. It never says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fourth man in the fiery furnace. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit even as I'm retelling the story. It never says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fourth man in the fiery furnace. But that mentor of mine, he said, Tony, who did see? Who did see the fourth man? The king saw the fourth man. That means the opposition. The enemy saw the fourth man. And he said, Tony, even though you don't see God, even though you can't sense God in this situation, that does not negate the fact that God is with you and God is standing with you. And I decree and declare over someone watching today that even though you don't see God, even though you don't feel God, that doesn't change the fact that God is with you. And if God be with you, who can be against you? If I was in church right now, now I'd, t- I'd say touch three people, but we don't do that anymore. I'd say touch three people and say, God is with you. God is with you. But don't do that. And don't poke people on Facebook either because that's kind of weird. But I just just tell somebody. Maybe you just need to tell yourself, God is with me. Yes. He's with me. God walked with Gina and Mylan and Macy through the valley of the shadow of death. God walked with Tony and Cole and Michael and Zachary through the valley of the shadow of death. 
and then he took seven broken people and he made us one whole family and our our family is a living witness a living testimony that it doesn't matter how broken you are it doesn't matter how bad the pain is our God is faithful our God still heals our God still makes all things new and our God can still restore the joy of your salvation so when I was walking through that trial and walking through that uh, God took me to, to the story of Elijah this mighty man of God I mean this is a prophet this is one and not just a prophet this is one of the major prophets this is one of the prophets that ends up on the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus right in in first Kings 17, 18, and 19, it tells the story of Elijah's, um, if you want to call it, battle with Ahab and Jezebel and and the prophets of Baal. Uh, Elijah's made this proclamation that it's not going to rain until he says so. And then he hides in a cave, and, and the Bible talks about how God brings him supernatural provision. And then comes that moment when Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal, and he says, we're going to Mount Carmel, and we're going to see which God answers by fire. And the prophets did their show and they did everything they were going to do and nothing happened. And then Elijah bows a knee and prays one simple prayer. And God answered with fire. Could you imagine for just a moment, wherever you're watching, in your home, in your car, in your office, hopefully you're not driving right now, but wherever you're watching, just think of this. Could you imagine how you'd feel if you prayed right now and a fireball just showed up? Can you think about that? I just, I mean, just be real with me right now. I tell you right now that if I pray and fire falls, we will stop this video so I can take a selfie. Because I will, I will, you, and don't judge me, I'll be like this on Facebook tomorrow. Look at the fire coming out of my hand. We all would feel ex- special. I mean, we would, we would, we would rejoice. We would be in awe. Look at what the Lord has done. Think of those times when you've prayed for somebody that was sick. Or, 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 or just when you've prayed for your own needs. And God's answer. Just think of how good, how fulfilled, how mighty, how influential you feel that you might. You've maybe, maybe you've never had dinner with the president, or maybe you've never met the king of or, or the queen of England. But the ancient of days, the creator of the heavens and the earth, you talk to him, and he and he does what you have. Just think of how that feels in the moment. And I imagine that if I'd have been Elijah, I'd have felt good that day. I'd have felt mighty that day. But that. And then not only that, but Gina, that same day, touch your neighbor, that same day. Okay, that same day, not only did God answer with fire, but Elijah sent his servant to check for rain. He said, it's going to rain. Go check. And you keep checking. He sent him seven times and the rain fell. Think of how much miracles, how many miracles are taking place and how Elijah must have felt. But that same night, Jezebel said, I swear by the gods. I'm going to have his head. And Elijah does not say, here's what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, the same God that answered with fire on Mount Carmel, the same God that sent the rainy cloud to confirm the word of the prophet is the same God that will deliver you, deliver me from you, O Jezebel. He doesn't say that. He says, oh my God. And then he goes and he runs and he hides in a cave. And ladies and gentlemen of East Winds Pentecostal Church jury, that encourages me. Yes. 
that makes me feel normal. Because this is a major prophet. This lets me know that you can call fire down from heaven and serve God. In fact, this lets me know you can get your name in the Bible and still have a bad day. And that means that I'm not weird. It doesn't mean my auntie played with a Ouija board and now I got some demon. doesn't mean that my wife is hiding one of those dowels in the closet where you poke it with a needle. It doesn't mean there's witchcraft. It means that we're normal. We're just human beings. And as human beings, we all have things that happen. Pandemics that break out. Sickness that comes. Trials that we have to confront. But it it happens. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. It happens on the major prophets, the minor prophets, and on the non-prophets. Come on, somebody. It happens. Stuff happens to everybody. To you, to those of you that wake up and have communion before you have coffee, you have trouble too. To those of you that live, that you're so spiritual, you turn on Caleb and your house is just Maranatha and hill songs and whatever kind of music you like. And you say, my house is saved and sanctified. And every day I walk in the house, I anoint the house with oil and we're blessed coming in and we're blessed coming out. Somebody can still cut you off in traffic and you, and you lose your Holy Ghost for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. It happens to everybody. But we ask ourselves in those times. Now, okay, so number one, I'm encouraged. If trial comes my way, that doesn't mean I lost the anointing. Doesn't mean God doesn't favor me. Doesn't mean there's sin in my life. It just means I'm normal. Everybody has trouble. But then number two, I have to ask myself in those questions, where is God? And this is where God helped me. First Kings 19 uh, in verse 10, 11, 12, 13, it tells the story. Elijah has now run from Jezebel and Ahab. He's hiding in a cave. He's been visited by an angel. An angel has brought him food. And, and God comes and speaks to him. And in verse 9, hiding in the cave, he's lodged himself. Okay, He has made lodging arrangement. He has made a reservation for the junior suite in the cave. And the word of the Lord comes to him and says, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. I, I, I have served God, but now the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down thy altars. They've slain the prophets with the sword. And now I'm the only one left. Here he stands in the presence of Almighty God. And rather than reflect on the goodness of the Lord, Elijah reflects on the goodness of Elijah. I have done this, and I have done that. And I've gone here, and I've gone there. As if what Elijah has done merits the favor and the blessing of God. We forget that every good and perfect gift coming from the Father above, not because of us, but because of how how good, good of a father he is. What Elijah should have done in the moment, David, David writes about it in the Psalms. He says, I will make my complaint known before him. There's nothing wrong with having a complaint, but you got to take it to the right department. You wouldn't walk into Target and buy a piece of clothing and then go complain in the grocery department or the market department or in the Starbucks department of Target because that wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. You got to take it to the right department. And it's okay. Some of us have complaints. Some of us have valid complaints. Some of us don't understand what's going on right now, but there's a customer service center called heaven and you can make your complaint you can make your petition you can make your request known to him not facebook not instagram because nobody on social media can solve your problems but i lift my eyes to the hill from what's cometh yes my help so elijah's in a cave and in verse 11 god says to him go and stand before the mountain and the lord passes by and there's a great and strong wind that rents the mountains and breaks it into pieces into rocks but the bible says the lord isn't in the wind 
But then there's an earthquake, but the Lord isn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there's a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. But after the fire, a small, still voice. Now, when I read this, I was going through wind, earthquake, and fire. I was going through a windstorm because everything that I knew that was normal was being blown and broken and cast to and fro. I was living through an earthquake because my entire life was shaken. I was living through fire because everything that I knew was being consumed. Gina lived through that. I lived through that independently of knowing each other. Many of us are living through that right now even during this time. Everything that we knew that was Normal, Everything you could count on. It's like the wind has blown it away. It's like the fire has consumed the things that used to be guaranteed for us. And now we ask ourselves the question, where is God? I asked myself that question and God spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to read the chapter and I want you to find me. I want you to find me in chapter 19. So I looked for him in the King James Version and lo, he was not there. And then I looked for him in the in, in every other translation of the Bible. I can't remember all my jokes right now because it's quarantine. But I looked for him and I couldn't find him. I looked for him in the Spanish Bible. Y no lo encontré ahí tampoco. I looked in every, I couldn't find and then I saw him. I found him, Gina. I found him. It was like, it's like I had a Where's Waldo in front of me. And I said, I found him. I found him. I got so excited. I was in the hospital. I almost cabbage passed for Jesus in the hospital because I found him. I found him. I found him. He's in verse 11. It was so subtle that I missed it when I read it the first time. In verse 11, it says, and behold, the Lord passed by. Mm. He passed by. He passed by. There's a there's a windstorm. There's an earthquake. There's a fire. But behold, the Lord has already passed by. Well, why would he pass by? Because he goes before you and he makes a way where there was no way. He walks before you so that his word can be fulfilled. And he removes obstacles. And he slays giants. And he takes care of every oppressive force of the enemy that would come against you. The Bible says that when the enemy comes against you, the Lord raises up a standard in front of you. And would you also remember... Remember today that he's not just the God of today. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. So when he's not present in your today, it's because God is already in your tomorrow, making a way where there is no way. And I would rejoice right now because if you're in a storm and you don't see God, it means that God's already passed by. He's in your tomorrow. And if God is standing and waiting for you in your tomorrow, that means that no weapon formed against you today can prosper. Come on, somebody. It means that it doesn't matter what the enemy is using. It doesn't matter what hell has planned and orchestrated and articulated as as the as their missile of mass destruction it doesn't matter what hell has said about you greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world elijah lived through a windstorm an earthquake and a fire and god wasn't in the storm because god was already on the other side now i understand why in the old church they used to say somebody needs you lord come by here i'm not the singer she's the singer but you know as preachers we sing anyways somebody needs Need you, Lord, come by here. Somebody needs you, Lord, come by here. Oh, Lord, come by here. Because when he comes by, he brings everything you need. He brings healing and he brings provision and he brings abundance and he brings salvation. And I hear the Lord say, I'm bringing restitution to someone's home and restoration to someone's home. God has... 
pass by your home. And when He passes by, the glory of His presence stays with you. Remember, He passed by Moses, and Moses was never the same. And I prophesy to you, God is passing by Eastwind's Pentecostal Church even in this very hour. And your church will never be the same. Your ministries will never be the same. When you walk back into that room and you can congregate physically again in that sanctuary, I feel the Lord say, I'm sending a tangible touch of my presence to that room and I know there'll be the excitement and the emotion about being able to worship together collectively, but the Lord says even beyond the emotion, you're going to feel my tangible presence because I have passed by my people. Not a building, but I have passed by my people. Like I I hear the Lord say, as I pass by Moses, I pass by my people. And when you come back into the sanctuary, people are going to look at you. You're going to look at each other and say, there's something different about you. I see a glow on your face. I see a dance in your step. I feel an anointing in this room. It won't be anything about the building. It'll be that the people of God have been touched by the very presence of Almighty God. So I answer the question today. When you say, where is God? If He's not in your yesterday, it's because He's in your today. And if you don't see Him in your today, it's because He's already in your tomorrow, making a way where there was no way. So I declare the word of the Lord. You say, I don't see God right now in my financial report. It's because He's already passed by your finances. I don't see God in my medical report. It's because God has already passed by your medical report. Pastor Tony, I turn on CNN and CBS and NBC and ABC and 123 and Fox News, Telemundo Univision. I turn them all on and I don't see God. It's because He doesn't watch the news. Stop watching the news. Read the report. Remember the old song, you old time Pentecostals. Whose report will you believe? I don't believe Fox and CNN. I I don't do that. that. That fills my mind with things. It's just talking heads that are just giving opinions. One day they say 200,000 are going to die. Then they say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. 10,000 are going to die. And then they say, no, oops, I was wrong. 90,000 are going to die. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm believing that God has passed by your home, passed by this nation. And I believe that in this season of Passover, because of the blood of the Lamb that's on your life and my life and over our homes, I believe that God has passed over us. And because God has passed over us, this plague will do us no harm. I prophesy to you that when it's all said and done, it won't be as bad as they said it's going to be. And you and I will know, the media might never report it, but you and I will know it's because the hand of mercy, the hand of grace, and the favor of God has been on our life. Wherever you're watching, just for a moment, would you give God praise and thank Him? Because I declare to you, God has passed by your home. God passed by. God's passing by this very moment. God's making a way where there is no way, where there was no way. And soon and very soon, you're going to see the blessing of the Lord. The next thing that happened to Elijah, the next thing that happened after the three witnesses, after he he saw an earthquake, a firestorm, and a windstorm, when it was all said and done, you know how I know God was in his tomorrow? Because when the storms passed by, the voice was still there. Elijah, what are you doing here? Now, let's go on to Bethel. The voice of God called him to Bethel, which means the house of blessing. The next place we're going after we come out of this storm, I'm prophesying for a third time to you. The next time when we leave this storm, the next place that we're going, God says, I'm taking you to Bethel. I'm taking you to the place of blessing. I'm taking you to the place of more than enough. I'm taking you to the place of abundance. 
And I'm decreeing over the people of God. For those of you that have had loss, even in this season, as quick as you saw things tank is as quick as you're going to see it bounce up. Because there was a trampoline. There was a trampoline. I, I see it in the spirit. And as quick as it fell, it's going to bounce back up. And people are going to stand in awe at the favor and the blessing of God that's on your life. And when they say, how is it so? How can it be that you survive? You're just going to shrug your shoulders and say, God passed by. God passed by. I want Gina to sing before I close, and I'm going to turn it back at this point to Pastor David and to Pastor Amy so that they can close. But right before then, I asked Gina to sing, and she agreed to sing today, which is a big deal because she's my favorite singer. Not just because she's my wife, but before she was my wife, she's my favorite singer. And so I asked her to sing today, and it's an old song. It's one of my favorite songs. So I'm going to ask her to sing. And I ask you to, as we would say back in the church, how they used to say, and you get up to sing a special song, what they say, worship with, how'd they say? Worship with me the best you know how. Or. Worship with me the best you know how. Or worship with me as I sing. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So would you worship with us right now? Over me. 
Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.